From St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas, a joyful Christian community, this is Soulful Sundays. A weekly podcast of our 5 o'clock service. I'm Patrick Miller, Director of St. Mark's. Welcome. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is it not this, the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joses, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. 
He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In 1852, the Ladies' Anti-Slavery Society of Rochester, New York, invited Frederick Douglass to give a July 4th speech. Douglass opted to speak on July the 5th. Instead, in addressing an audience of about 600, he delivered one of the most iconic speeches in American history. Douglass, who had himself escaped slavery, did not mince his words. His speech pointedly asked his audience, What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty an unholy license, your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious parade and solemnity are to the slave mere bombast and fraud, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. Douglas condemned the hypocrisy of celebrating liberty and independence when nearly one out of every ten Americans was enslaved. Over a century and a half later, Frederick Douglass's words remain difficult to hear. Slavery has long been abolished, and yet we know that for too many Americans, the promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness falls far too short of the realities of their daily lives. Reading Douglas's words reminds me of the vocation of a prophet. Jesus, too, was hailed as a prophet, In today's reading from Mark's Gospel, we hear how our Lord was amazed at the unbelief of the people of Nazareth. It is ironic, Jesus muses, that prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin. Since to be a prophet is to speak truth to those who would rather live in blissful ignorance. In ancient Israel, prophets held a special place in society. Their vocation was to speak the truth to the people of Israel and those in authority. Often, prophets like Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, and Hezekiah would directly criticize kings and the rulers of Israel as well as the temple priests. And what's more, the people of Israel would listen to them, or at least 
preserve their sayings for posterity. No ruler, religious authority, or historical event escapes the critical eye of Israel's prophets. Samuel censures David for his adultery and warlike intentions. Amos condemns Israel for its treatment of the poor and the oppressed. And the prophet Isaiah rebukes Israel for its lack of faith in entering into unholy and unwise alliances with its pagan neighbors. Isaiah communicates God's displeasure with Israel's hypocrisy in these words. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. Thus says the Lord your God, your incense is detestable to me. Your new moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. I hate them with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Words, certainly, that would make Frederick Douglass proud. What amazes me, however, about the prophetic tradition of the Hebrew people, which lasts from antiquity through to the life of Jesus, is that the prophetic voice is remembered and cherished. Israel is exceptional among the nations of the ancient world in preserving the sayings and memories of their prophets so as to develop what we might call a critical consciousness of their own history. Other peoples, including the Romans, Egyptians, and Greeks, were notorious for literally erasing the shameful records of periods in their histories. For instance, in all the ruins of ancient Egypt, you cannot find any extant records of a time when Pharaoh lost a battle or implemented an unjust policy or was condemned for his foolishness. And yet, the Israelites preserved and honored those voices that criticized them even more so than they did those voices that praised them. This makes Israel unique in the history of civilizations as well as in the eyes of God. Indeed, God says to Israel, the sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart I will not despise. This means, to God, Israel is special. We might even say exceptional, precisely because it has a conscience. When I consider America's own history and prophetic tradition, I am grateful to live in a nation that remembers and preserves the voices of those who, like Frederick Douglass, 
and like Isaiah, did not always have good things to say to their audience. Douglas, like the prophets of old, understood that love of country can also mean speaking and listening to difficult truths. Douglas writes, The best friend of a nation is he who most faithfully rebukes her for her sins, whereas her worst enemy is he who, under this specious garb of patriotism, seeks to excuse, palliate, or defend them. In his Independence Day address to the Ladies' Anti-Slavery Society of Rochester, Frederick Douglass did not conclude in the same manner as he began his address. Recognizing that his ability to speak was in part a credit to the ideals of our nation's founding fathers, he concluded with hope. Allow me to say, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and the doom of slavery is certain. I, therefore, leave off withdrawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence the great principles it contains, and the genius of American institutions. My spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. Over 150 years later, on this 4th of July, Independence Day, I am grateful to God for the vision of those who, like Washington, Jefferson, and Adams, who, despite their manifold flaws, were able to look beyond the cruelties of their own age and the defects of their own characters, to create a nation that ever strives to be a more perfect union of peoples. And I am also thankful for the prophetic voices of women and men like Frederick Douglass, who challenge us to be better and to grow wiser. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
This episode was produced by St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. Special thanks to our band, led by Cameron Deason-Hammond, and featuring Jeremy Nuncio, Asher Pudlow, and Andrew Gordon. Join us every Sunday for Soulful Sundays at 5 p.m. at St. Mark's, 3816 Bel Air Boulevard in Houston, Texas, or visit us online at stmarks-houston.org.